0: Welcome this evening. It is December 27th, 2017. It seems like yesterday it was uh, 1987 or, or 1970, so I don't know. Time flies when you get old. But tonight I want to look at something uh, praying over what to do tonight. Pastor asked me a few weeks ago, knowing he'd have family in town, what uh, we want to do in 2018 to send the gospel not just around the world. We support over 100 missionaries at $100 a month. And that's great, but we are all missionaries. We are all to go into all the world and make disciples. I haven't watched too much football over the past number of weeks, but I used to be a big football fan. The one thing that bothers me the most are commercials, even now. You, the advertisement. So I, I thought about as, as we go and talk about sharing Jesus, I wanted to look at some statistics about advertising. And I didn't go, I went pretty far back, and it's still staggering. In 2013, $17 billion was spent on advertising. $2 billion for alcohol and those types of things. $2 billion just a few years ago. That is a lot of money for people to watch or fast forward if you recorded it that we spend on things that are temporal and for those of us in the church, uh, that can destroy a family. We had a young man saved during revival that talked about how it destroyed his marriage and has ruined a lot of his life. If we're willing to spend that amount of money and share a message or hear something that doesn't really Do us any good, if you will. I don't need to know that Crest toothpaste makes my teeth whiter. Brushing makes my teeth whiter. (laughs) Not brushing makes them not so bright. But we do all these things, we watch all these advertisements, what are we doing for the kingdom of God? What are we doing for Jesus? So in relating that, I. Go to the scripture, Matthew 28, starting at verse 16. It says Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee onto a mountain where Jesus had told them to go, appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. And the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. He said, Go and make disciples. Go into the world and tell them about Jesus. We have the greatest message ever given, the greatest answer to the world's problems and to eternity. And yet, Budweiser is probably doing better than we are getting it out there. Now, I'm not saying we buy TV time because that's been done. The best way to share Jesus is you and I in front of someone. Someone did some research a while back and said, if Billy Graham could win 1,000 people to Christ every day of the year, okay, Billy Graham wins 1,000 people 365 days a year, It would take him 10,000 years to win the entire world. 10,000 years. If, and this is from D. James Kennedy, if you were to disciple one person and train them to go and disciple someone every year, just one person a year, you would multiply that out. In 32 years, the entire world would hear and receive the gospel that's because of multiplication that's because we're we're not just saving a thousand moving on to the next we're training we're going out and we're doing that's still a difficult task i don't know if you know d james kennedy he's from south florida he developed what was called evangelism explosion a door-to-door evangelism Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. In other words, they would rather die uh, sharing the gospel than deny Christ. We have a video I want to play about a, a lady that someone went and talked to about Jesus.
1: I would get up in the morning, I would smoke a bowl, a couple bowls of meth, right? And then I would go to work and take the kids to school, you know, stuff like that. Um, go to their games. I would work all day and then come home and drink to go to sleep and eat so that I didn't look skinny or anything, you know? And then um, I smoke a bowl all day long. Meth was the cure-all. It was the end-all. It was, um, yeah, I I used meth for 14 years, solid, every day.
2: So the day that I met Sarah, I actually went to Coldwell Park. It's a park in Redding, California. I remember I was
1: laying there on the, in the grass in Coldwell Park, and I seen Caleb and a bunch of people walking up, kind of a little group with him, you know? And um, <laughs> I looked that way and I said, oh, man, here come these crazy church people. They're going to try and pray for us. I know it. Uh, he kept saying, you're awesome, you're, you know, God thinks you're awesome. And I was like, this guy is nuts. He's, <laughs> he's crazy. I don't, how can he be so positive, right? Well, he said to me, uh, you guys need anything, anything ever. Do you just take down my number and call me? And um, I put it in my phone I put crazy church guy, you know, and um, in the number. And I thought, I'm never going to need him for anything, but in case I do, You know, I don't know why something in the back of my head was like, you need that, you know, you you need someone to tell you that you're awesome. And um, no one's ever told me that, you know.
2: So about two or three months after Sarah and I met at the park, I got a text message. It was like, hey, I'm a drug addict. I'm homeless. I'm done with life. I want to kill myself. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna pick you up and we're gonna go out to breakfast. I'm gonna treat you to breakfast. So when
1: Caleb came to get me to have breakfast, it was empowering. I, I can't explain what it's like. I, I don't even know the words to say.
2: I just asked Sarah, like, who is she? And she told me her her story. And he did keep saying, you're amazing. I, I wanna hear your
1: story. You know, I wanna know how you feel and just let me come to you.
2: And I was just encouraging her. I'm like, you're incredible to have gone through what you've gone through and to be the person that you are today.
1: It made me feel better. It made me want to do something with it. One night I decided to go to Bethel. They had been praying over me for a while and
2: um, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. And so Sarah's like, well, you know, I was there and I'm really freaked out, and I'm really scared, and I'm just really nervous, and I'm just like, what in the world is going on? And she starts encountering the love of God. And as she's on the ground, encountering the love of God, she's cussing about like, what the F is going on? What the blankety blank?" I didn't think that
1: that God was loving. I always thought He was hateful. So I had to rediscover Him all over again. I was using all the time, all the time. The night before I used. I just asked him to pray over me. You gotta you guys gotta help me get this job so I can get off these drugs. I don't I don't know how I'm gonna do it, you know? And someone came up and said, I'm gonna pray for all the toxins to leave your body. And I tested and I tested clean. So after I got the job at Walmart and um I got a place in Corning, that's when I relapsed. There's a lot of regrets. Um, it's really hard to, um, you can't undo that, you know? You can't undo the harm that you've done to your family, or your kids, or yourself. I knew at that point I'd have to ask God for help. There was no other way, and they put me in a program. On November 24th this year, I'll be three years clean and sober. So that's pretty rewarding. So now I graduated drug court. Um, I work at Wright Road DUI five days a week. Um, I have my kids, I take them to school. So five days a week, I I counsel people, help them get their driver's license back. So to look back now on my life, I can see where God was trying to reach out to me. I wasn't paying attention. On several different occasions, I had people approach me and try and talk to me about God and I turned them away. I think he had to send me Caleb to really get me to notice what was going on.
2: What it's like for me to witness what happened in Sarah's life is, I'm gonna cry because it overwhelms me. To, To see someone know God, to see someone, above knowing Him, experience love, true love. There's nothing like Jesus, there's nothing like His love. So it was
1: important for me to feel valued because I don't hear that every day. To be told that you have worth is a lot. Maybe it might not stick in everybody else's head, but for me it was. For me it was in the back of my head ticking always, that he thought I was amazing, that God thought I was amazing.
2: When I found out the heart of God, I, I found out that God really likes people, and God doesn't see junk. He sees treasure in the midst of dirt. Telling people that, hey, you are amazing, hey, you are capable, not just to say it because that's actually the truth.
1: It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter who you are. He's always there. People need to know that. People like me who didn't um, get shown that he loves everybody. That's what I want my kids to know. That's what I want everybody to know.
0: He loves you. That's just one testimony. We're gonna the program that did this is called Encounter Life. That our church is going to be a part of. They train us for free. They give us uh, tracks for free. And uh, but it takes a conversation. It takes us to go. If if that group had never gone to that park, this lady would be bound by drugs still. And it didn't happen instantly. We know God can do that instantly, but. For many, it's, it's a touch after another touch. In other words, uh, you you might talk to them this week. One thing that it's not simply door to door and going out on the streets, it's talking and being sensitive to the spirit as you go to Walmart, as you stand in line, as you're Ubering, as you're doing other things. It's uh, they call them third spaces where you're you're just out and about maybe you uh, I know we have some guys that meet at the local restaurant for breakfast it's witnessing the people that you see every day but there's some problems for us in doing that because there's some difficulties we have first of all we say well uh, I don't see the need some people don't see the urgency You know if they want Jesus they'll come here and get him okay well we've tried that the church in general when I talk about the church I mean just we've tried that for people to come they don't they don't come I mean some do but the majority do not second Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says the Lord is not slack Concerning his promise, says, some count slackness, or uh, another version says slow, but as long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. In other words, uh, God is he's not uh, wanting anybody to go without the knowledge of Christ, He doesn't want anybody dying without hearing a gospel message. And if he's willing to do that, you and I need to be willing as well. Uh, Some Christians, we're afraid. We're timid. We lack confidence. And I go back to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, we have to have the power of the Spirit of God behind us when we go and share. How do, how do we know what to say? How do we have that urgency unless we have the power of God in us? We don't unless we have God in us. Uh, it's important that we know Him and we have a passion for Him. Have you ever talked to a used car salesman? How many of you all oh, don't raise your hand are used car salesman? My brother could have been a used car salesman. He could have sold ice to Eskimos. That, that went over like a, like an ice cube on the 4th of July. Used salesman, that, that car, my, I, we had a guy in our church when I was a, I was a music director in guy. there was a, a guy in our church that was a used car salesman, he sold me this Astra uh, AeroStar van. Best thing ever. I was, drove it about a month and the, the back end went out. I don't know if the, the transmission in the back sounded like a freight train. And that, I thought that thing was going to drop out in the road and I went to him and I said, this, this isn't good. You told me this was a good car. It's going to cost me $2,800 to fix and I didn't have that kind of money. And I said, I just bought this car. He said, well, it's a 30-day warranty. It was like day 40. It never fails, does it? You know, the warranty runs out. Boom, it breaks down the next day. And I, I, I said, I don't know. I'm going to be stuck. I don't have a car. We had one car. Uh, the kids were real little. And he talked his boss into going halves with me. And I had to get a credit card to do the half I had. <laughs> But he, you know, when he sold me that car, it was the best car out there. I mean, he was a, he could do it. Not all of us are like that. I'm not like that. You know, I'll pay you to take something out of my yard. But, um, so we're afraid, we lack confidence, we're timid. I can't, I can't do that. I can't go and talk to someone. But we have the greatest gift. And the, the way I look at it, I, if that were my relative that someone was going to talk to that needed Jesus, what would I want someone to share with them? How would I want them to approach them or ignore them? No, I, I would want them to be all out for Jesus to share. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 19 says, But when they deliver you up, take no thought, how or what you should speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall say. In other words, the Spirit of God is going to tell you what to do. There's, uh, we have the power of God in us and we go out and share, but it's not like you have some script that you share because everybody's different. God, the Spirit of God, will quicken your heart what you're to share. And it's amazing how that works if we're just willing to step out in faith and do what God asks us to do. Uh, some people are selfish; they're not concerned about the billions they have. Their salvation card in their pocket, and they're good to go. And don't bother me; I, I got all I need, right here. That's we know. That's a poor attitude. Luke eight sixteen says, "No one, when he has lit a candle, cover it up." or hide it under a bed. You know that old song, hide it under a bushel? No, I'm going to let it shine. We don't have this gift to hide, to keep, but to share. If you've ever, if you've ever challenged in your faith, you might want to read Fox's Book of Martyrs. That, that will, if you need to just borrow, read a few pages, I have the book in my office. But it talks about people that gave their life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, there's there's stories there that are very graphic, very challenging, but people would, if you know Jesus, you won't deny Him. If you know Him, you're willing to go all the way for Him. Uh, Some of us are lazy. <laughs> we just we don't want to, you know it's saturday it's it's whatever, I just don't feel like a god i don't I don't if I start this conversation in this line, I'm not gonna check out. I'm gonna be here twenty minutes talking to you know Do you ever maybe that's not you, maybe that's just me, but sometimes we just don't feel like it, oh we. The farmer, Proverbs 20, verse 4 says, The sluggard will not plow for reasons of the cold. Therefore, he shall beg in the harvest and have nothing. In other words, when it's tough to plan and to do all the necessary work, when it, and he doesn't, if you're lazy, then when it comes time to harvest, there's nothing there to harvest. We want to harvest. We want to see God move. We want to see revival, but if we're not willing to plant, and to sow, into water, there will be no increase. The Bible says God gives the increase. So when we go and share Jesus, when we talk to someone about, about God, don't expect a result right away. Be happy for them when they come. But that's not the purpose. The purpose isn't to check a name off your list, say, oh, they made it. Well, we've only just begun when they ask Jesus in their heart. Because there's discipleship. Because not only do we need to uh, see them and win them, but we've got to help them along so that they can do the same thing and share Jesus. But the number one reason I feel is we just feel like we're not prepared, we're inadequate, we're not able. We don't know what to say, what to do. I don't know enough scriptures. I I can't talk like so-and-so. I'm not a used car salesman, so I can't make a conversation out of nothing. The woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, come and see the man who told me everything I could. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. She was witnessed to by Jesus at the well. She didn't know know what to do, but she went and told everyone about her encounter with Jesus Christ. So it wasn't like she had to have this prepared message and this three-point sermon and a poem and go out and share Jesus. She had a life experience of who he was and just said, hey, come. We saw this during revival here when when God would move, they would go and bring their friends. "Look, Look what God did for me. He can do the same for you. God is able If we are willing, amen? God, it's God's desire. So here's a little checklist for you. What do you need? You need a firsthand experience with Jesus Christ, you need to know Him. Please don't go out and witness if you don't know Jesus. (laughs) There's a lot of people that attend church that we see every week. That we think might be believers, that we assume maybe that are walking with Jesus, you, we don't know. But we need to know him and the power of his resurrection. It reminds me of the scripture where he says, Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I cast out devils in your name? Didn't I do this? And what does Jesus say? Depart from me, I never knew you. How, you know. So, I taught school for sixteen years. I've heard a lot of excuses about bringing in homework and why this wasn't done. If you ever taught school, you've heard one or two of them. So many people are going to try to bring God excuses in in the end. But if he doesn't know us, if he doesn't know us, it's all over. We need to know him. We need to know who he is. Philippians 3, verse 7 through 11. But what things were gained to me I counted as lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I, I count all things but lost, except for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ for whom i have suffered the loss of all things and count them as waste that i may win jesus christ god said, or paul said here to uh, the church or uh, he said here in philippians that man nothing is it's life is not worth anything unless we have christ what i have in christ is worth it all What I have in him is everything. Verse 10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Uh, That I may know him. I don't want him to say, depart from me, I never knew you. I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. So we need a firsthand experience of who Jesus is. We need to be prepared with a testimony you need to be ready to share an experience you've had with God with someone else some of us have had quite a bit so it can but we need to share our experience one things one of the things I share is at age five I was saved out of the muck and mire of sin (laughs) now I don't know how deep you can get at age five but that's when I walked down to an altar and gave my heart to Jesus. Now, is that a great testimony like Sarah's story where she was on drugs and even after was prayed for? You know, that's a, what, what does pastor, he, he says it like this. Uh, uh, it's not a wasted life. I can't remember. He, he'd have to be here to share. But living for Jesus all those years is a testimony But it doesn't negate anybody's testimony because your testimony is your testimony of what God did for you and how God touched your life and kept you. Just the other day I was driving down the road and a car almost cut cut me off, hit me, whatever. I don't know what would have happened. But God, I don't know, God provided a way. I was ready with the brake for some reason. Usually I'm not. God God is there. God is with us. We need to be ready to share the testimony. God opens these doors for us to share his message with other people. He opens the, uh, the door for us to, to talk to them, but sometimes we're not ready to walk through it. or We're afraid. We don't want, it, we don't want to. <laughs> but if we're in tune with the Spirit of God, the opportunity is there to share the greatest message. If you think about Christmas, and the world uh, has celebrated this the last few days, it's, it's the gift God gave the world, Jesus Christ, his only son, so that he would come and die on the cross so that we might have eternal life. That is the gift. It's not some present under a tree. That is the most precious gift that we are here to share year-round with others. So be willing to share. Be willing to walk through that open door that God gives you to share about Jesus. We must be motivated to share. What is our ultimate goal? The ultimate goal of a salesman is to sell you what you probably don't need (laughs) or the upgrade. You know, if you just... 50 more dollars and you can get this upgrade and it's probably something on something you probably will never need those when it's computerized i have no clue what they're talking about you know this will make your computer run faster i said well i want it right here on my desk i don't need to go any further okay (laughs) we you know i don't have my phone on me but man all the bells and whistles that can you imagine When I was growing up, the phone would ring. You actually had to get up out of your chair, and walk to the other room, pick up the phone, and talk. (laughs) Now you just reach in your pocket and decide whether you want to or not. We didn't have a thing called caller ID either. You just answered the phone. And my grandmother had a party line in Virginia. Does anybody know what a party line is? All right, we've got enough enough of you folks in here. You wanna make a phone call and you pick up the phone and Myrtle down the street, she's on it and she's talking to her Aunt Susie and she's not gonna be off for a while. Give me 10 minutes. Well, thank goodness we weren't trying to call an ambulance. But today it's right there. And in fact, with with this outreach that we wanna do, there's an app, go figure, right? <laughs> That if you go down your street and share with your neighbor, you can click on their address and say, I share Jesus with this one. It helps us as a church know where we've been. Anyway, we must be motivated to share. The last thing I want is my neighbor standing before God one day and saying, you know what? He lived by me 10 years and never once told me about Jesus. That, that'd be pretty sad. There was a preacher, his name, he's passed on now, B.C. Clendenon, out in Texas. He had a dream one time of uh, hell. I don't know if you've ever heard about the, He He saw hell and he saw somebody reaching in this like flowing lava, and he reached in, would grab somebody, look at their face, and let them, put them back down, just, and he said, Lord, what is this? He said, that's a guy looking for the preacher who never witnessed to him. That's a little scary, because sometimes we hide behind our pulpit, we hide behind our Sunday school class, or whatever job we have in the church, but it's about me and you sharing Jesus, with those that need to know him. We need to be obedient to the prompting of the spirit. We need to be, and the last thing tonight, it's gonna be quick, prayed up and filled up. If I don't have anything, if God isn't working in me and moving in me, if I'm not prayed up, ready to share, then there's nothing, nothing's gonna click. Revelation 12, verse 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. The blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, but their testimony, they overcame. They were able to go beyond because they were sharing the gospel. If you look at the 11 disciples that made it after Christ's death, one of them hung himself and they brought another one in later. They took the message of Christ around the world that we share today that tells me how much it impacted them how important it is to us today the thousands of years in between us people are still sharing the gospel and i know it looks like in the world we're losing ground as far as the the church is less and less and not all this The thing is, the message is still the same, and our mission is still the same. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Go. So I'm challenging us tonight. Let's take time. We're going to be praying and fasting this year. And we're going to be going into our Jerusalem, Judea, and sharing Jesus. I looked on the map, Uh, if you look up the app, Encounter Life, you can can click on a map and it'll show you all the homes all around us. It's amazing how many houses are nearby and how many have had someone share Jesus with them. I know we're afraid they'll think we're Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, we're this religion, that religion. We have a... We have the greatest message. Why are we afraid? We're going to pray first. We're going to get filled up first. We're going to go.